Let's do this. The Cult of Hockey podcast by the faithful and for the faithful. I'm David Staples of the Edmonton Journal. I'm here tonight with Bruce McCurdy. Welcome, Bruce. Hey, David. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. That was a not a great game. It was a game where many, many Oiler fans took to social media to lambaste goalie Mike Smith. Not without good reason. Um, and we'll get into that in a little bit. Bruce, let's just... Well, Let's just hammer through this. Yep. Uh, the Oilers lost 5-2 to the Pittsburgh Penguins. This is our two good things, two bad things, two numbers podcast. Bruce, what is your good thing? Uh, I'm going to go with the uh, shorthanded goal that Edmonton scored, their first of the season. It took a mere 38 games for their plumbers to finally connect on one. And the funny thing is, all year long, my wife hasn't said a word. Just when they took the penalty, when... Uh, Negar took the penalty at the end of the second. She said, isn't it about time we got that first shorthanded goal? And they scored with it about 40 seconds later. It was the reverse Kevin Quinn. Usually yeah. Kevin Quinn's like, like they, they, this team yeah. hasn't scored on the power play in eight years just before this, they score. Joe Schmo hasn't scored a goal since last year when he also scored against the Oilers. Oh, he scores. Joe Schmo. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the, the Quinn curse. The Quinn curse. We've seen it many times. Of course, with the orders, of course, you know, the way they've played in the last, since Quinn took over as an announcer, you're going to have lots of moments for disaster. Uh, yeah, very nice goal. Very nice goal. Um, yeah, it was. It was a nice play by, to, sorry. Segues nice to my play, good thing. But, nice play by uh, Josh Archibald to pick off a Malkin pass and to recognize they had an odd man rush. And also a decent job by Adam Larson, Larson to see that they actually had an opportunity. It was a point in the game where they were about to go into the second intermission down by two. So it was worth taking a chance mm. and throwing the extra guy up there. And uh, uh, Shane, by hooker, by crook, he wound up with the puck right in the slot. And he whizzed a really nice shot that beat Tristan Jerry, the best goalie in this game. And that briefly gave the Oilers life at 3-2 to two down in the second intermission, but uh, they couldn't kill the rest of the penalty to start the third period, and then they couldn't muster much after that. Just a brief segue. Tristan Jerry, I wrote about this earlier today, is the lone Edmonton Oil King from that great Memorial Cup championship team in 2014 who looks like he's going to have an NHL career. And that's a team that had three first-round draft picks, Curtis Lazar, Griffin Reinhardt, and Henrik Samuelson. And... I, I thought uh, I thought that Samuelson was going to make it after watching him. Uh, I just thought he just had it as a power forward, but he got hurt. And then they had uh, Brett Pollock, second rounder. Um, they had Mitch Moraz. They had um, and uh, um, who else was the second rounder on that team? Uh, uh, well, the Jerry himself. Pollock, Pollock yeah. and Jerry. I said Pollock. And yeah, and Jerry himself. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, good for good for him. It looked like there might not be anyone who would make it off that team as yeah. an NHL player, but it looked, Tristan Jerry is certainly making his mark, Bruce. Uh, my good thing is Larson. Um, he, he made a nice play on that goal, rushing up into the play. And he, he's, he's been by far uh, the most active Oilers defenseman in the last little while, and he's he's been really good. He's been getting the job done. He's been battling hard, moving his feet, making plays, joining the attack. I mean, he's not a brilliant attacker. He's... Um, you know, sometimes the play, he'll take a shot at net when he shouldn't. Or like, But um, he's been really getting involved and he's been extremely effective. And it's that's excellent news for the Oilers. And, and so the Oilers are real 500 tonight, Bruce. They're 19 and 19. 
So um, that's just at the very bottom end of being a playoff team. At the start of the year, I would have taken that. If someone said 38 games in the year, would you take real 500? I would have said, yes, I will take that. In a second, I will take that. So that's the good news. And the other good news is I, this team obviously has some clear flaws, and we're going to get to one of them right away. But uh, I think it's actually a much better team than last year's team that collapsed, and I'm not expecting it. I think that they're going to have a little bit of pushback here. So, um, yeah, So Adam, and Adam Larson's part of it. He, they have six defensemen who I, who I think can play, and when Matt, Matt Benning comes back, they have seven, which is about three more than they had last year. So um, uh, that's the good news. What is your bad thing tonight, Bruce? Well, I got to go with that first goal by Pittsburgh. You know, Edmonton came out, and I thought they were pretty crisp for the first, uh, was it, uh, almost eight minutes. Yeah. And they, you know, they looked decent. They were, you know, holding their own with Pittsburgh, and then some, they were hustling, they were battling. And then Pittsburgh scores on, uh, was it, their zeroth grade A chance of the game? I think it was, because it wasn't a grade A chance, and it went in anyway. And so Mike Smith hadn't even been tested to that point. And he gets beat on about a 65-foot wrist shot. Now, there was a bit of a screen, but he saw the puck come off the stick. And then it went uh, it went through, I think, the bodies in front. And he just couldn't pick it up. And he couldn't seal off the six-hole between the uh, blocker and the, and the body. He was a little and deep in puck, his crease. And the puck squeezed through. And he's... Uh, you know, he's nothing like the Mike Smith that used to swagger into this barn and walk out with two points when he was a member of the opposing team, or even the Mike Smith who swaggered into this barn to start the beginning of this season uh, when he was uh, when he was rolling along pretty good for the first uh, few weeks there. And now it's come apart. And, you know, he had another 840 save percentage tonight, four goals on 25 shots. And... Uh, uh, he was, uh, you know, you could say, well, he, they scored on two breakaways and a, and a rocket one-timer, mm-hmm. and I do think he didn't have much chance on the one-timer. The breakaways were scored by two, who the heck was it, Blandisi and McCann. Uh, not exactly superstars, but both guys just went forehand to backhand, and they beat Smith across the net and made the easy deposit while he fell forward onto his face onto the ice. So, you know, any chance that you're going to stay in the game requires a big save at some point, and that just wasn't forthcoming. Smith finally made a couple of decent stops in the third when it was 4-2, but by then the orders were firing blanks, and it was done. But honestly, David, I thought it was done right from that first goal. I thought... Just like Monday in Minnesota. Remember I said the same for last game, week in Minnesota. And I said when Minnesota tied at that time on Uh-oh. their very first frozen up again. shot, it was no good. Can you hear Bruce? I can you hear you. You froze up there first. Oh, yeah. You're frozen on my screen, but I can see myself. Okay. I can see my lips moving. So, All right. Well, we're, we're, what I feel. We're, still, we're still going here. Okay. So, Bruce, I would say about Smith that um, – uh, Oilers fan Heather Marginette, uh, who's a really mm-hmm. good fan, was defending Smith, and 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 her point was, you know, which of those goals should he have, other than the first, which one should he have stopped? Which is a really good point. Those were all, it, listen, the two breakaways. Breakaways are thirty three percent chances in the NHL, mm-hmm. right? That's about what they get in shootouts, thirty five percent of the time, thirty three percent chances. Yeah. That that shot by Latang might have been might have been forty 
above 40% chance of going in. Like that kind of shot, that's a hell of a hard shot to stop. Nonetheless, you you know, there you'd ex- you'd expect a good goalie to probably stop two out of three of those shots, not let in all three. You need good goalies on 33% shots, they got to stop two out of three of them. Mm-hmm. And he didn't. And he hasn't. And he's been the worst goalie in the NHL, the worst goalie in the NHL for about seven weeks now. And he's about an 8.50 save percentage in that time. Bruce, it's time. It, I think it's time to make a move with him after Christmas here. Let Koskinen play the next two games. Let Give Starrett at least one game, more game. And if you can't bring in somebody else, um, you're going to have to call up Shane Starrett and send down Mike Smith. You can't keep losing. You can't keep throwing away games on the worst with the worst goal in the NHL. You can't do that. Like people are paying a lot of money to come to these games. The NHL is about winning. It's about performance. There's been other goalies who have had, as you pointed out last podcast, who have had lesser weak stretches and have been out. Gustafson, La Barbara, and I've seen enough. Um, it looks to me like he's injured. On the two breakaway goals, he doesn't look limber. He looks like he's yeah. not moving very well in net. And and there's also a confidence issue. So if nothing else, send him to, to Bakersfield for a month. See if he can get his game back and his health back. Because that it's not working out here. And I don't think they're good. I'd be surprised if they do this. But it's I believe it's time. Do you agree? Uh, what, to make a move? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Okay. I mean, like... Like you say, I mean, both of La Barbara and uh, Gustafson, who came in under really very similar circumstances, goalies in their mid-30s, who are being counted on to provide decent uh, secondary net mining. Uh, and in both cases, they played, I think, five to seven games of goaltending in the 870s range, and both were gone. I mean, Smith did have the good start, not bottom a little bit of uh, currency, but now he's at 10 games with like 852 or 853, somewhere in that range, uh, for a 10-game span where only two times was he over 87% in 10 games, and they lost the other eight games. I mean, two wins, eight losses, and those losses could be pointed directly to the fact they weren't getting saves. Now, you could say, uh, as Heather did tonight, that some of the goals aren't his fault, but uh, as you said, you know, make some saves. You know, don't get beat every single time you face a good chance and, and other times when it's not even a good chance. You know, get in there and battle. I mean, we finally saw the guy battle. I mean, this is a Mike Smith. I remember when he ran of Jenny Malkin into the boards there with about three minutes to play after Malkin ran into him. And I'm thinking, good on you, buddy. Where was this earlier? But a bit late in the day for that. And of course, the, the uh, game was uh, was well and truly decided by that point with two minutes left or whatever it was. And uh, anyway, it's uh, it's killing them. And, and, you know, he has a no-trade uh, clause. Well, nobody would trade for him now at this point anyway, right? Like, who would trade for this guy? No, of course not. No, of course not. So, so that is almost irrelevant. It's not a no-move clause, meaning they can move him down. Or if he's hurt, put him on IR. But find, you know, find a rent-a-goalie. That's going to give you at least a fighting chance to win. Right now, we're not getting that. If they send him down, I wonder, you know how he has this bonus, like at 20, 25, mm-hmm. 30, 35 games mm-hmm. uh, till 45 games? If I wonder if they, if that counts in the minors. Like if he plays 45 <laughs> games in the minors. Good question. It, I think it does. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see why it wouldn't. So 
I have my doubts, but I, I really don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I'm just, I'm just guessing it. It's just, I would it's... assume it's NHL games, and I think he's now at 19 uh, and just shy of the first bonus clause kicking 125000 Uh So, he'll probably want that other game to get that 125000 he, he, he hasn't necessarily earned it on his play, at least of late. Like I say, it was good early in the year, including that big game in what Pittsburgh. Is this? What is his overall save percentage now? I mean, come on, like it's not. Got to be eight ninety five, eight ninety three, something like that after tonight's game. No worries. Got to make a move, and I think that the, I don't know. Do you think they will? Uh, I don't know. Ken Holland seems to be a patient man, and Dave Tippett has uh, expressed his faith in uh, in Mike Smith. But I mean, the results are just. I mean, you just can't look at five straight games below eight seventy and say. You're getting NHL tending when you're going to your second goalie. You just can't yeah. say that. They hate losing, too, though. You know, they, they, these people are competitive. They hate losing. My bad mm-hmm. thing, Bruce, um, is um, these, on the second and third goals, there was some defensive or excuse, yeah, second and third goals, some defensive snafu. So so the, the, the second goal comes right at the end of a power play. And, you know, usually the, there's the bench communicating with the, the, the last man back, in this case, Oscar, Oscar Clefbaum. You know, the, the penalty is about to end, you know, screaming at him, like, heads up, you know, counting it down even sometimes, you'd, you'd think. And you'd think Clefbaum would be aware of that, but guy got in there behind him who he could easily have got, gotten back and covered if he had just moved back quicker, uh, anticipating the guy getting out of the, the penalty box. And there's a breakaway and a goal. So, not a great play by Oscar on that one. Although, he, I didn't think he had a bad game. Uh, and then Nurse and Bear, who I didn't think had bad games either. I mean, the Oilers players didn't have particularly bad games in this game. They they outplayed the other team. Um, they just got out goalied. Um, but on the third goal, Nurse passed it over to... Um, Nurse made a um, high... Uh, bounce, uh, high it was, pass. It was a grenade of a pass. But yeah, and then Bear... To me, it was Bear, that. Yeah, and Bear didn't react. You know, Bear Bear tried to keep it in, tried to, you know, you know, he's trying to come back. They, at that point, they're trying to to fight their way back. And um, bam, break away and another goal again. So two pretty good defensemen, I think, this year. You know, they've been they've been solid enough, but that was not a great play on on their parts. But I, I wouldn't say that they either Clefbaum, Bear, or Nurse had particularly bad games. I thought they all played fine. Uh, your number, Bruce. But when you make a mistake and it winds up in the back of your net every yes. time. Well, that's, yeah. That's going to reflect badly on really everyone. It does. Oh. And you're hoping the goalie helps you out there, right? And you, mm-hmm. sometimes they do, but it really stands out that any, any mistake then stands out all the more. And what I noticed, Bruce, in the second period was an owner's team desperate to block shots. And Shot. I know it's not reflected. It's not reflected in the shot block totals tonight, which aren't that high, but man, I just saw them like throwing themselves in front of everything. And I yeah. and I think yeah they this they look like a team to me who doesn't trust their goalie and wow. can you blame them yeah they look like a team that's desperate not to have their goalie face a shot this is not this isn't good anyway yeah. let's we'll see what happens all right yeah. uh, your number my number is three uh, that's the number of home wins the Oilers have in their last thirteen at home. Three wins. 
uh, which uh, uh, I believe two were close wins and one, uh, no, one was a close win. They had, actually had two wins in a row by big scores. Uh, but they also have three ties, regulation ties in those 13 games and lost all three in overtime in a grand total of about four minutes for the three goals against. So three wins, three loser points, and they have seven losses in their last 13 home games, all of them by three goals and in one case four. Like seven times they've been blown out by three plus goals. And a couple of times, sure, it was an empty net goal tonight, but you can't really say it's close when the other team is coasting four to two for the last 15 minutes of the third period. And there was one, I guess, against St. Louis where they got two empty net goals. So you could quibble that was a closer game than 5-2. But time and again, they, you know, the other team comes in and they roll out of here not just with a win, but with a three-goal comfortable victory and on to the next. And, you know, that 7 a, out of 13. 7 out of 13, Matt. That on was their beat- ice. Yeah. That was a beatable Pittsburgh team tonight. That was, you know, like when they lost to St. Louis, you know, that's a that's a powerful powerhouse team having a great night. But Pittsburgh was ripe for the taking well, tonight. This is Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's injured reserve, injured reserve list. Sidney Crosby, Justin Schultz, Patrick Hornquist, Brian Dumoulin and Nick Bukestad. That's five pretty good players. And, uh, you know, Dumoulin is a, is a top four defenseman. And uh, Schultz is uh, arguably a top four defenseman, depending on what else is going on in their lineup. And they gave a, they showed a list early in the game, and it was something like 35% of the salary cap that's sitting on IR. So Pittsburgh came in with 65% of the game of a of an NHL team, and some spare parts. And the spare parts played well, and the regular team played well, and they were, you know, I thought deserving, probably of the win. But they. Uh, you know, you'd like to think that you should be able to take advantage of a team like that, but no siree, it really wasn't. Uh, uh, you know, once that first goal went in, the Oilers were skating uphill the whole rest of the night. They never they never tied it up. My number is minus four, <laughs> which is Leon Dreisaitl and James Neal's plus goals plus minus. And um, I don't really, it's not like they were... Uh, I don't have anything to say about Drysaddle. I thought he played fine, and he and he didn't. Um, I mean, he wasn't great on the attack, but he didn't. Uh, he did hit one post. He's twelfth of the year, but he didn't play weak defensively. Um, Neil, I thought the puck was dying on his stick all night long, and he looks like he's been struggling the last two or three weeks more as this season's gone along. Bruce, I've noticed him more kind of uh, not is the. Like, pace getting faster they say the pace gets faster neil seems to be slowing just a little bit and he's not getting stuff done as much on the power play um so he's just he's in a bit of a slump maybe um some confidence issue i don't know but uh he he can still make i i I still don't mind his game when he's hitting and hustling he can still make an impact on the game but tonight he wasn't hitting and he wasn't hustling particularly like you know he's really really got to focus and really got to hustle but tonight that wasn't there and he was giving away the puck a lot and um, on on one of the goals, the puck did hop over his stick. Uh, which one was that? It was the... Oh, it wasn't a goal. It was the uh, three-on-two chance in the third period where Pittsburgh came down and had a three-on-two chance. They were all pressing for a goal, and Neil just missed the puck in the slot, and they came down and got a three-on-two chance. And So that was typical of his game. He just was not uh, controlling the puck very well. 
Yeah, well, he, he got zero shots on net in this game. And, you know, that's his game. Yeah. But uh, uh, he, uh, I mean, the Oilers were on for, uh, I mean, Pittsburgh got one on the power play and the other four were like plus minus type goals. One obviously an empty netter that kind of, you know, it's hard to blame the guy, minus players. But the same two guys were on the ice for uh, all four Pittsburgh goals. And uh, Drysaddle, man, I don't know what's happened with his, uh, uh, like he's the, he's got the minus touch in his last uh, 17 games. He's minus 21. He went from plus 10 to minus 11 in 17 games. Like, how is it possible to believe? Well, it started and, with weak defensive play, and now it's just kind of snowballed. And he's he's not playing so poorly defensively anymore, but he was for a while. Well, he's been minus in 12 of his last 13 and even in the 13th game. Like, minus in each game, 12 out yeah. of 13. Like, it's 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 unreal. Like, And, and it's not, some of it's his poor defending, and some of it's his only scoring lately on the power play. Uh, but some of it is, is, you know, it's like he's under a under a under some kind of a spell or something. Like, there's all kinds of crap happening. And if a goal goes in... Uh, it seems like like tonight, really, I didn't see him really as being out to lunch on any of those Pittsburgh goals, but he was you know, also in frame, and that's how plus-minus works. I know you hate it for that reason, and some nights there's a reason to hate it, and other, reasons, and other nights it's fully deserved what players get. Yeah. So. All righty, Bruce, you got to do the game grades tonight. Let's leave it there. Yeah, I do. <laughs> okay, all right. Another all thriller. Right. Yeah, anyway, thanks for listening, everyone. And in the meantime, and in between times, this has been another edition of the Cult of Hockey podcast.